Thank you, Milo. It's awesome when your hubby does your intro. <laughs> Only good things. Oh, guys, I'm super excited to be with you all this morning. Thank you for joining us, whether you're here in the building or whether you guys are watching us online. It is so good to get together as the church. Don't you guys think it's just such an awesome privilege to be able to gather? You know, we had um, our ladies meeting yesterday. And I was just blown away because we were literally meeting from four different cities in South Africa. People had logged in from like Joburg and Clarksdorp and Zakunda and everywhere. And I thought, this is amazing. Like, where else do you get the opportunity to meet with people from all over the country and just come together and share God's word? So a big welcome to everyone online. We really are excited that you guys have joined us. And if you are watching, just pop there in the comments. Tell us where you guys are watching us from. It gets so exciting to know that like God's church is bigger than just one space or one building or one city. So um, yeah, we're carrying on with the F word and it doesn't say that yet. Today, I'm really excited. We were chatting about it with Louis last week and he said, you could do the F bomb. <laughs> and I was like, I could make that work actually. God had already laid something on my heart. So today I'm here to drop the F-bomb. And no, it's not what you think. <laughs> it's only in church that we get to say that and like not get into trouble. <laughs> but we all have moments, I've realized, where a bomb drops in our life. And it could be good or it could be bad. So before we really get into it, can I ask you guys to just pray with me? So let's open in prayer. Father God, you are so good. Lord, I thank you for your love, I thank you for your presence, I thank you for your goodness, and I thank you for your word and the truth that is in your word. And I pray, Lord, that this morning as we just dig into your word, I pray that you would give us revelation, that you would speak to our hearts, and Father, whatever each person needs to hear from you this morning, I pray that our ears and our hearts would be open to hear you speaking to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All righty. The F-bomb. We haven't told you guys what it is yet. Before we go there, then, I'm going to read you guys a Bible verse. And if, you, if you've known me for a while, you've probably heard me reading it or saying, mentioning it, because it is one of my favorite verses. And it's from Romans 1, verse 12. And this is the Passion Translation. And it says, now this means that when we come together and are side by side, say hi to the person next to you. If you're at home watching by yourself, say hi in the comments because you're side to side in the comments. When we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. Isn't that amazing? Like when we get together, God's promise, something awesome is about to happen. Tell your neighbor, something awesome is about to happen. Okay. Now, whenever I've read this Bible verse, which is many times, I've always focused on the words like wonderful, and we're going to be encouraged, and we're going to be comforted, you know, the like really warm and fuzzy words. But only this week when I was reading it, the last four words like hit me in the chest. And it says, we can be encouraged by each other's faith. That's like your faith is going to encourage me. Your faith is going to comfort me. That's amazing. So today's bomb that we're dropping is the faith bomb. All right. So that's really cool. It's a good one. <laughs> and I really believe that God has placed people around us in our lives to drop faith bombs into our life when we really need it. 
So we're going to look at a few stories this morning, and we're going to figure out how do we get these our lives. But I must tell you, I've never been so nervous to do research for a preach before because I thought, okay, if we're talking about bombs, I should probably like go and research bombs. <laughs> Have, and so I'm sitting in front of my laptop and I'm going, what happens if I type bomb into my like Google search? You know, surely like I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> Someone's going to come and find me. Why is she researching bombs? So then I was contemplating, maybe I should just go to the library and like look at a book. I won't even take it out. I'll just look at a book and take some photos with my phone or something. But I eventually said, no, come on, come on. I'm going to Google. So I type in different types of bombs and I like paused just waiting for, you know, a SWAT team to rappel down from a helicopter and people to come crashing through the windows or something. But that didn't happen. I'm still here. I'm not in prison. But I'm going to be on really good behavior for a while because I'm sure I'm on someone's list somewhere. I've been flagged somewhere. So if something happens, you guys must come and, like, like vouch for me. Okay. So she did a preach on it. So that's why she wanted to know about bombs. <laughs> but um, I've learned some really interesting stuff. And so this week, I'm going to start off with a really well-known Bible story. But if you don't know it yet, that's okay, because you guys are in for a treat, because it's a really good one. So we're going to go to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. Um, and for the full story, you can read the whole chapter. But this morning, we're just going to go through a few of the verses. And uh, it starts off with David. So he's a shepherd. He's in the field. He's looking after the sheep. He's got a lot of older brothers. And they are off on the battlefield. There's a war happening. And David's dad says to him, David, come here. I want you to take some food to your brothers. Go check up on them. Just see if they're okay. Give them a hug from your dad. You know, that kind of thing. So off David goes. And from verse 23, he gets there. And it says, and as he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine, the Philistines were the opposing army, okay? So Goliath, the champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you know, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt him from his family from taxes in Israel. So this giant had been coming out, there, out every day, shouting at the Israelites, telling them, you guys can't conquer us. And the whole army had been quivering in fear. Verse 26, David guys, he asks the men standing next to him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David's like, say what? You know, like, what, what, what did he just say? Have you ever been in a situation where someone says something or does something and you go, oh, that's not right. But then you sort of look around and everybody else seems okay with the situation. You know, nobody else is saying that. And then you go, but, but is this okay? You sort of question yourself. But in this situation, David was going, guys, this is not okay. He's speaking out against our God. How can you all just be standing here? And so David, you know, it was that situation where he's like, hold me back, hold me back, you know. <laughs> but he really wanted to so say, he goes to the king and he says to the king in verse 32, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. So Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. 
But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of those because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines. He was so full of faith. He's like, come on, king, who is this guy? I faced lions, I faced bears. This giant's going to be just the same as them. So I think eventually Saul was like, okay, go, and may the Lord be with you. So let's skip on a few verses. David goes, he gets his sling, he gets his stone, the weapon that he knows, And from verse 48, as the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle lines to meet him. So David wasn't even nervous yet. He's on the battle lines, and it says he ran to meet um, Goliath. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his sheath. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. Guys, the Bible is not boring. (laughs) When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. The men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Shariam road to Gath and Ekron. There were bodies everywhere. Sheesh, man, it was amazing. So the first faith bomb we're looking at today is explosion. So there's different kinds of explosions, different kinds of bombs. But the first one we're having a look at is, is an explosion, and that's literally what David was. He, so the most common um, type of bomb that people use for an explosion sort of thing is dynamite. You've all heard of dynamite, right? Okay. And the most common saying that we hear about dynamite is they say dynamite comes in, Small packages. You guys are allowed to talk to me. <laughs> On screen, dynamite comes in, small packages. <laughs> but so that's what David was. He was just one little boy. The whole army was in this place where they were full of fear. They were full of doubt. They didn't see how they were going to get out of this. And then one young man comes in full of faith and he goes, this isn't exactly how it's supposed to go. And now they use dynamite Um, in lots of different ways. They use it like in mining to clear the big rocks and things that are in the way. They use it in construction. They use it in demolition. And basically, dynamite is used to get rid of things so that everybody else can get on with the job. And that's what this faith explosion does. Someone steps into your life, gets rid of the issue, helps you, and then you can be like, yeah, I can do this. You know, like the whole army then followed him and they were full of excitement and cheering on. So that's what a faith bomb does. Sometimes we just need someone to step into our situation. And it can be as a family. It could be as a, as a whole group of people. Because you're in the same situation together, you all sort of get the same mindset. You could all get down and no one can see a way out. And then there's no one to come in and pick you up. You know, even as a husband and wife, Milo and I, 
you know, like going through different things, and some days he'll be down, and I can go, come on, babes, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And then another day, maybe I'm feeling down, and he goes, come on, babes, let's, you can still do this. But on the days when we're both feeling down, you know, then it's so hard, because who do you have to pick you up and say, come on, guys, it's going to be okay. And I want to tell you this morning, God puts people in your life to be a faith bomb, People from outside to step into your situation and say, you've got this. It's going to be okay. And it might not be the person that you expect. Everyone looked at David and went, what is he going to do? You know, so if someone steps into your life, don't doubt them. Really be open and say, God, is this the person that you're bringing into my life to be that faith bomb that I need, to be that explosion, to help me carry on with what it is that God has called me to do? And parents, I want to tell you guys, teach your kids to pray. I have often, and I know Milo's done this as well, I've often, if I'm having just like a moment, I'll say, guys, come and pray for mommy. Come and put your hands on me and just pray for me. And there's nothing more powerful than the absolute pure and faith-filled prayer of your six-year-old or your eight-year-old or your 11-year-old. Those are my, my kids' ages. But of your kid really just genuinely going, Jesus, please help mommy today. Whatever it is that they say, you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. So teach your, teach your kiddies to pray. They are really, really powerful. And then I just want to encourage you guys, ask God, if you need a faith bomb in your life, if you as a family or a community need a faith bomb, ask God. Say, Lord, we need someone full of faith who doesn't see the circumstances the way we see them, who doesn't see the disappointments and stuff to come into our life and to give us that faith bomb. All righty. So we've got explosions and then we've got implosions, okay? So this is a different kind of bomb. And these are usually more your nuclear bombs and things, and they have a long-lasting effect. So I'm going to read this one to you, the meaning of an implosion. It's the opposite of explosion, which expands the volume. Implosion reduces the volume occupied and concentrates matter and energy. True implosions usually involve a difference between internal and external pressure. So the internal pressure is usually lower, and then there's a higher pressure outside. And when I was reading this, I thought, that's the group impacting an individual. So now you've got a group that's full of faith and full of excitement, and one person is having a bad day, or they're going through something, and they step into the situation, and the group implodes their faith on them. It's like, boom, faith implosion, you know? <laughs> Isn't that cool? So I was actually, while I was prepping this week, um, I was battling to find a story or something to really explain how I saw this happening. And then Friday happened, and I was like, okay, God, thank you. I've got a story now. So we wake up on Friday morning. Milo needs to take the car to get brakes sorted out. We're like, it's something small. He gets there really early. He's in the queue. We're going to get the brakes changed, and by the time the kids are done with school, he'll be there, you know, like, no problem. So we're chatting throughout the day. Mala's like, sure, it's taking a little bit longer than I expected. I said, no worries. Let me know if, if I need to make some calls. Because we've only got the one car, so I can't run out and get the, the kiddies. So he says, okay, I'll let you know. So eventually he says, maybe make plans for Rebecca, because um, I'm still waiting here. So I said, okay, no problem. So I phoned a friend. And you know that people are, your friends are really amazing. When I phoned her, she says, 
uh, my daughter's going home with someone else today, but I'll go to the school to fetch Rebecca. You know, she wasn't even going to the school. I was like, wow, that's really amazing. Thank you. But we got someone else who was at the school. And then it's getting later. And I, I'm like, okay, should I make a plan for the boys now? And so I phone Milo and I go straight to voicemail. Thanks, babes. So apparently Milo's phone's battery had died. <laughs> Now I can't get a hold of him, and now I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's got the car. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, you know, this is something small, but as a mom, you sit at home, you go, <gasps> my kids, they're going to be standing at the gate like orphans. You know, like, everyone's going to leave the school, and they're going to be all alone. <laughs> you, like, just start panicking. And I'm like, okay, I've got friends. I'm going to phone my friends. They're going to sort it out. They're going to look after the kiddies. So I make a few calls to amazing ladies, and they're like, Alison, relax. We've got your kids between us. They will be fine. We'll get them at the gate. We'll tell them what's happening. Don't even worry. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, like I really had this peace because I knew that these ladies had it. And the reason I knew that they had it was because this is a friendship that we've been forming for a while already. You know, I knew them. I knew my kids knew them. So when they go to my kids, they're like, your mom's not here. You can come with us. They would know this is okay. And I knew if Milo did pitch up by the school, he knew which ladies to go and find because this is my community. These are my people, man. So everything was worked out really well, but it was because I had this community around us. And we need that. Who's your support system? You know, that, that kind of sounds like an AA meeting, but that's also okay. You know, like who, you need, who do you need to have around you? And it's so easy for us as humans to isolate ourselves, and especially even in the season of COVID, where we've been forced to, to stay in our homes and to like draw away from each other. We just get into our own little space bubble. And you know, I really feel like it's such a lie from Satan, where he says to you, if you're going through something, he's like, you're the only one that's going through this nobody else struggles with this, you know, like, you're going to look so weak, you can't tell someone that you're battling with this, no, 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 keep it to yourself, keep it to yourself, and you know, it's, it's really such a line, it frustrates me so much, but he does it because Satan knows the power of borrowed faith, do you know you can borrow faith from someone, and that's what this faith implosion is, I borrowed faith from those ladies, they were standing at the school, they knew it was going to be okay, so I was like, it's going to be okay. I'm just going to relax, and I'm going to breathe, and sometimes we need to do that, and it's completely okay if we do need to do that, but the main thing is we need to get ourselves into a situation where we already have that community of people around us. I love the story of Esther. She was one of the amazing queens in the Bible. So I just want to share something with you from the book of Esther as well. And she is like the ultimate story of one person uh, that was in a situation where a whole nation had to gather around her and support her. So she'd become queen the king got miffed with, with, with the old queen and he banished her. So they're like, let's get you a new one. So all these amazing, beautiful women go through treatment for a year. He picks Esther. She becomes the queen. And she's a Jew. But the king doesn't know that she's a Jew at the time. And then um, a plot happens. And uh, somebody in the palace says that they want to kill all the Jews. And the king is like, yeah, sure, okay, whatever, let's do it. Um, and so Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle, he says to her, Esther, you've got to make a plan. 
you're the only one that has any kind of access to the king. We need you to make an appeal. Otherwise, our whole nation is going to be wiped out. And she's like, okay, no pressure, you know. And, you know, Esther couldn't just waltz in to see the king, even though she was the queen. Um, if, if she went in there and the king wasn't pleased with her, he would also just be like, eh, get rid of that one. It was only if he accepted her into his presence. And so I just want to read verse 12 to 14 with you guys from Esther chapter 4. It says, when Esther's words were reported back to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Don't think that just be- because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance from the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. I love that. Who knows, guys? God appointed you to be right here, right now, in your work position, in your school position, wherever you are, for such a time as this. He's called you for a specific purpose. And so Esther says to Mordecai from verse 15, Okay, go and gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night and day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When all this is done, I'm going to go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. So she called on the nation call on people. She says, guys, I'm going to do this. I'll step up. And if I perish, I perish, you know, but you guys need to pray for me. Do you have people that you can call and say, listen, things are really rough. Please pray for me. Please cover me in prayer. Please lift me up before God. Please give me a prophetic word for encouragement. We need to have those people that are surrounding us and encouraging us and lifting us up and have a quick look around. Look at the people sitting around you. If you guys are at home, have a look at who's there. Those are your people. These are your people. We need to get into community with each other. We need to connect with each other. Don't sit down and and have church and then run away again. Come and have a cup of coffee with someone. Meet someone new. Chat to someone. Because this is the best place to find people that will pray for you, that will encourage you, that will support you. What are you guys going through this, at this moment? Everyone's going through something. You're not alone. We're not meant to do life alone. God did not create us to do life alone. And if you need a faith bomb, just ask for it. And that's cool now. We can say to someone, I need a faith bomb. You know, you don't have to be all like super, <gasps> just say, I need a faith bomb. And then we know, okay, got you. Boom, I'll pray for you, encourage you, support you. And do you know what happens when we all come together in faith? Like as a community, we come together, something amazing happens. I want to read to you guys from Acts quickly. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And this is after Jesus has died, the disciples are all gathering together. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So they weren't all sitting in their own little hookies. They weren't, you know, like all by themselves. They came together. We've got to gather together, guys. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native tongue? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and all of those places, and visitors from Rome, both the Jews and the converts, there's a lot of places there. <laughs> Verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does that mean? So the church came together, they were full of faith, they were seeking God, and the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And faith bomb number three is fireworks. Who's seen fireworks before? I love fireworks, hey? They're just so amazing and beautiful, and you see them happening, and you don't even know always exactly where they come from, but you can see the effects, and it always draws your attention. Everybody always stops and stands at fire, and stares at fireworks. Not many people can walk past fireworks and not go, oh, at least once, you know? And that's what happens when we, as believers, as faithful Christians, come together and are excited about what God is doing in our lives, people are going to notice. People have to see that there is something different about you, that there's something inside of you that causes fireworks wherever you go. What happened in this place this day? People came together. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. 3,000 people got saved that day. Come on. Isn't that exciting? We, if we go six services... We can fit 3,000 people in this building, you know, like six, come on guys, we've got it, you know, like we can do six services a day. But is it that, that is when revival comes. That is when a city gets changed. And isn't that what we all want to see? Don't we want to see every single person around us having an encounter with the living God? We can't keep him to ourselves. He's too amazing for us not to share with someone. And as we come together the fireworks start to happen. Matthew 5 verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. Say it, guys, I am the light. Like you believe it, I am the light. Because if Jesus says it, then it's got to be true. So you are the light of the world. A town built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Have you guys driven out in Cape Town in the evenings and you just see all the lights? Isn't it the most amazing view? It's just beautiful to see all these lights. You can't hide them away. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. What is the point of that? Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your shine, light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. For what purpose do we shine? To glorify your Father in heaven. Everything we, need to, we do needs to be about making sure that our Father gets the glory. That's what's going to draw people in. The church needs to be fireworks happening. And it's not this building. The building isn't the fireworks. It's us. It's individuals coming together. So I want to encourage you guys this morning. Don't wait until the pawpaw hits the fan. <laughs> don't wait until everything around you has, is falling apart. 
Start now. Get into community. Make some friends. I'm so excited. We've got groups starting up in person again. So we've been doing groups online. We get to chat each other. We get to see each other on a Wednesday evening. But we want to start in person, gathering each other's homes just for a time of chatting, a time of sharing the word, a time of praying for each other. And, you know, that's when this really happens is when you get into a smaller group. Because on a Sunday morning, you know, you can wave and, and chat and say hi to everybody and have your coffee and then pop your mask on and run away. But when you get into community, that's when it gets real. That's when someone really goes, how are you doing? Are you okay? You seem a little down today. Can we pray for you? You know, and that's what we need. We need those people surrounding us. And on some days, you might be the bomb. And on some days, you might need a bomb. But if we've got these people around us, then there's always a bomb waiting to go off in your life. And that's, that's exactly what God has called for us. He wants to surround you with faith bombs. And then I just want to read one last scripture. And I popped it in last night. So, Gavin, it's not up on the screen. My apologies. But Hebrews 10 verse 23, it says, Now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. That's us going, okay, God, how can I be a bomb in someone else's life today? Use me. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling full of faith. Put me in someone's way that just needs a bomb explosion in their life today. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other and urge each other onwards as we anticipate the day dawning. This is the time, guys, where we really need to start just drawing closer to each other and getting into each other's presence. So I'm going to pray for us quickly. Is that okay? So if you're online, if you're sitting here with us this morning, I want you to just open your heart to Holy Spirit and allow him to just work in you right now. So, Father, we are, we are so grateful that we don't have to do life alone. I thank you that we've got you with us every moment, but that you've also surrounded us with a community of friends and fellow believers, people who get to just drop bombs of faith into our lives. And so, Father, I pray right now, Wherever we may find ourselves in life, whether we need a faith bomb, whether we need to be one, Lord, I pray that you would come and put people in, along our paths. I pray that you would open our eyes to see who it is that you have called to encourage us and to motivate us and to help us push forward into what it is that you've called us to be. And then, Lord, I pray that in this week, you would help each one of us to be a firework in someone's life, Lord. I pray that we would shine your love, that we would encourage people, that we wouldn't leave a building without the atmosphere being changed and people's hope being restored. So I thank you, Lord, that you would use us, that you would bless every single person, Father God. I pray that lives would be changed because of you working in it. So we worship you, we glorify you, and we honor you this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. Thank you, guys.